0: Welcome to Destiny Moments with Angel Murchison. Today on the broadcast, I'll be airing a special message from Pastor Matt Ward from Charleston, Maine. Open your Bibles to Genesis. Genesis chapter 45, verse 26. Joseph is still alive. Amen. Somebody shout, my dream is living. And indeed, he's a ruler over all the land of Egypt. Jacob was stunned. He couldn't even believe it. God is going to do something in our lives that will stun us, that will say, I'm not sure if I even believe it. When they told him all the words of Joseph and that he had spoken to them, look at this, and when Jacob saw the wagons that Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of their father, Jacob, revived. Let's pray. Jesus, please help me. Amen. Turn to your neighbor. And tell them the wagons are coming. Would you please, if you need a title, there you go. The wagons are coming. The wagons are coming. Hallelujah. The wagons, the wagons are coming. Faith, real faith. Real faith is something that can be transferred. Let me talk about the progression of faith, levels of faith. There is an abstract faith. This is a person who doesn't know what faith means, but believes that there's a God. And that's it. They don't actually have enough courage to be an atheist, so they say, they're All there is a God. That's abstract. Somebody shout abstract. Then there is an orthodox faith. It's formal. It's got definition. Someone might say, well, I accept the teachings of the church that I was going to when I was childlike, when I was a child. That's abstract. Then there's a Orthodox faith. Then there is a participatory faith. The participatory faith is that faith that people experience when they're new to the church. And perhaps they haven't been discipled. They don't know what the Word says. And so they get into specifically Pentecostal churches. And and so they're told from somebody on the platform, raise your hands. And they raise their hand. They don't know if they have a question or an answer. But they they raise their hands. And then someone says, well, now we're going to take communion. They think, well, you know. I'm cool with that. A little snack before I go home. No problem. I, I, I can do this. Seems okay. And then there's water baptism. Well, they've been, they've been in the water before. It doesn't seem like there's much damage to getting wet, so they'll go ahead and do it. And somebody up the platform will say, well, now you ought to give tithes. Well, this seems like the church is doing good things, and I think I don't know who said 10% was what I had to do, but I'll go ahead and do it. That is... That is a participatory faith. That is a faith that people are involved, but they don't really know why they're doing it. Now, when I say these are faiths, they are abstract, orthodox, and participatory. They're not really what I would call faith. I would just call them a mindset. I would just call them a system of of actions. I would not call that faith. I would just call that an idea or formalism. And that, that is not something that we can or should even pass on to the next generation. What we need is a personal faith. When I get to the place that I have a personal faith, if nobody on my road wants to praise God, I will lift my hands, I will lift my voice. Why? Because God has been too good to me. If you want to sit down and suck your teeth, go ahead. But I plan on praising the Lord. Whether it's my style or not, God's been too good. You don't have to pump me up, coach me. It's my personal faith. When I come to the Lord's table and take of the the cup and the juice... You don't have to convince me that I ought to do it. I want to do it because I know that the broken body and the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ has removed from me the curse of the law. I am glad to go to the table and partake. This is my personal thing. I'm glad to be baptized in water. I'm glad that I have been identified with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I'm proud of the fact that I'm a part of the church. I'm glad to give. I'm glad to give. Put your money in your boot if you want to, but when the offering plate goes by, I'm going to take out some money. And by the way, we should have offering buckets come to the platform. But I'm here to tell you, I don't give because I have to. I give because He has been good to me. He gave His Son, Jesus Christ. I give my first, and I know that God will bless everything I do because I tithe. But that's my conviction. If nobody does it, I'm going to continue doing it. If the preacher doesn't believe it anymore, I'm going to do it. If the preacher gets up and says, there's no need for the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I don't care. I have experienced Him myself. I'm not, my, my life isn't depending on your teaching. I have an experience. That is faith. That is what we're contending for in our generation. Because there's a lot of people that have been educated in church, but they don't have experience. And so we have a generation that is not receiving a faith because all they're getting are a system of beliefs. This is why you need youth camp here. This is why it's important to give to it. This is why it's important that workers work here. This is why it's important that this work carries on. Because some of these people, are, these young people are coming in, and they're not getting explanations. They're getting experience in the Holy Spirit. Somebody shout personal faith. And so we are burdened because this is the, this is the challenge. This is the challenge of this generation of preachers. My age, those older, those younger. I'm, 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 I'm just on the cusp of being right in between. We have the greatest challenge because there has never been a greater divide between the generations. The average age of, an, of, of a person on the planet today is younger than it's ever been before. The planet, as far as the age of humans, they're young, the, the, the average is greater in youth. In other words, there are more young people on the planet than ever before. At the same time, there are more people that are over 100 years old since the days of Jesus. But the problem is that we are younger than ever, and we are living longer than ever. And so how many know that there's a situation between generations? We've got all these young people with energy and all these different kinds of points of view. But what they need is a generation to transfer faith. How many, of you, how many of you would give everything you've got to know that your kids and grandkids and great-grandchildren serve the Lord? How many, know, how many would give everything I believe that you would? The first thing I want to hear in heaven is, Hi, Dad. The worst thing you can ever hear in hell is, Hi, Dad. We have got to pass the faith on to the next generation. Real faith. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Abraham had a faith that he said, I can walk it out. Isaac said, I have a faith that I can worship. Jacob said, I have a faith that I can work with love. We need a faith that knows how to walk the walk. We need a faith that knows how to worship God. And we need a faith that knows how to stop just talking and start working with love. Here's the dilemma. We need two generations to come together. How How many understand this is a different generation than ever before. The problem is that we have a generation that knows everything to be immediate. They can watch any movie they want, anytime they want, right now. This is, this is the battle. And the battle is this. Hear what I'm going to tell you. The battle is, how do you take something that a generation has given blood, sweat, and tears for, and trans- that, transfer that to a generation that only knows everything immediately? How do you do that? I I used to preach this all the time, like it was easy. There's another generation here suffering because you feel this thing that you have given your life to and you say, how can I make sure that when my life transfers from earth to heaven that I leave a mantle for the next generation? So I'm going to hit it here tonight. And tell you that we have to first begin with the burden that we want to transfer what we have experienced to the next generation. For it was Elijah who had said there'll be no rain, and for three years there was famine. However, when he said rain would come, rain came. You know the story. Jezebel threatened him. He got so discouraged that God couldn't use him anymore. He says, all right, it's time for you to pass your mantle on to the next generation. And Elijah threw the mantle on Elisha. What's the significance? We have got to stop looking at the next generation from a distance, and we've got to get close enough to them so we can put a hand on them and tell them the calling of God is sure. He has not abandoned your generation. And before I die, you will have what I have experienced. And not only that, it's going to be double for your trouble. But here's the other side. Elisha just didn't pick up the mantle and start preaching the next day. He began to, he began to serve. Hear this. Before you part water, you've got to learn how to pour water. There are so many people that want to part water, but they don't want to pour no water. It's hard to find young preachers to take churches now because they want full pay and salary. But we've got to have a generation that not only knows that the impartation comes from the other generation, but they have, must be willing to get down in the dirt and serve. Mary. Mary is pregnant with Jesus. All things are possible. And so Mary begins this, gets this call to visit Elizabeth. Elizabeth is aged. Mary is young. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Elizabeth is older and she's pregnant. Mary is younger and she is pregnant. We've got two generations pregnant. At the same time. Uh, So when Mary, the younger who was pregnant, gets around Elizabeth, who was pregnant but older. (laughs) Something comes alive in Elizabeth. Now I wonder if Elizabeth was, you know, because she's up there in years, beginning to wonder, is there still something to offer with my life? And she just has to wonder, is there a purpose for me? Is this a season of disappointment for me? Are the best years of my life in my history? Or is there something? Because the moment that she heard she was pregnant, she probably went, "How?" And then she probably said, whoa, my life isn't over. I guess I'm not meant for a rocking chair. You know, if you want to talk about retirement, I'm the wrong preacher to talk to about it because it's not biblical. Now, I mean, you can retire from the farm, but I, nobody retires from the kingdom. Yeah. How, many, how many of you folks that are, how many just feel like you've got a sense of purpose, like there's a destiny, like, like you're, you're still alive because God has something for you to do? How many of you genuinely feel that way? How many of you sense a, a portion of destiny in your life? What's the price? What's the price that one generation must pay to receive the faith of an older generation, honor. Let's get both generations together and let's let honor flow. And guess what? There will be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit and what was in Elizabeth led the way for what was in Mary and what was in Elizabeth made it possible for what was in Mary to have its full potential. His name, Jesus Christ. And so Jacob has a dream. Jacob has this dream. His name is Joseph. And he makes for Joseph a coat unlike any of the other brothers. It's the coat of many colors. It's the dream coat. He's my dream son. He's the reason I get how, how Every time he gets up, how's Joseph doing? All the pictures in the house are mostly of Joseph. But there's something about one of the youngest. They get special treatment. Because of Jacob's dream and love for Joseph, the brothers become jealous And they throw him in a pit, and you know the story, and they sell him to gypsies. They take his coat off, and they cover it with blood, and they take his coat back to Jacob. And they say to Jacob, here's the bloody coat of your dream. It's dead. The Bible says that Jacob lives those years without any joy. Jacob lives in a sense of despair. The reason I'm alive is dead. Isn't it cruel that Joseph's brothers see Jacob in his sorrow and in his despair and they have the answer to remedy his hopelessness and they let him live that way. One day the famine hits the nation in so much that the brothers have to go back to Egypt. When they go to Egypt, they get into the presence of what we know to be Joseph, the Secretary of Agriculture. And Joseph reveals himself and he says, tell my father that I'm alive. And these jokers admit to Joseph if we tell him, he'll think we're lying. Apparently, please hear what I'm going to tell you. Apparently, into his old age, his drive was taken, his joy was gone, and his hope was stolen, all because of a lie. And how many folks in our churches have lost their anointing and have lost their vision and have lost their hope? and have lost their passion, and have lost their worship, and have lost their desire, and have lost any hope for the future because of a lie. And Jacob's life and purpose and joy and ministry was all destroyed because of a lie. I come to ask you, what lie have you heard and believed that has destroyed a spirit of revival in your life. I wonder what lie has been sown into your heart and mind to make you think that your church cannot have a revival. I wonder what kind of lie has taken place in your life that you have bit the bait and it has held you in the trap to make you think your kids will never serve God that you'll never have a great future that your family will always be, you'll never break this generational pattern I've come to tell you if you can in the spirit tonight reveal the devil and his lies then in a moment's time you will sense the wagons of heaven coming up over the dusty hills of your own spiritual journey and God is going to spin a wagon full of promises Woo! Woo, this is all right with me. Amen, amen, amen. I said the Lord will send wagons of promises, wagons of dreams, wagons of ouch, wagons of band-aids. Huh? God will send wagons full of hope, wagons full of joy, wagons full of destiny, wagons full of dreams, wagons of things coming my way. I've got up this morning and said everything is going to be all right. I hear the wheels turning. I see a wagon up over the horizon. I'm not looking to wind down. I'm just getting up. Hallelujah! because that will bring a revival because I know what it's like to be down I know what it's like to think I wonder if I'm called I know what it's like to think I wonder if I have a tomorrow I sometimes know what it's like to think is it too late I know what it's like to think God will do it for others but you don't have the right name it took me a long time to get to that point to tell you the devil is a liar and he wants to make you think That you're a pauper's when He knows Himself your children of the King. So rise up the mighty shield of faith for the battle has been won. Jesus Christ is risen and the work is already done. Praise the Lord. He will work through those who praise Him. Praise the Lord. The anointing and the calling of God is still on you. It's on your church. It's on this county. It's on this state. I said the wagons are coming and the best is yet to come. Woo! Somebody shout hallelujah and rejoice rejoice! revival is coming back revival is going to be birth Revival's coming forward they've, they've heard a lot can't happen in Aroostook County can't happen in your church can't happen in your family can't happen in your race can't happen with your financial status can't happen because of your education can't happen because of this thing and that thing and what you were told I've come to tell you that Jacob sat in depression for 20 years and Jacob sat in absolute despair because somebody close to him told him a lie. Somebody near him planted a thought that became a conviction. He's gone. It's over. <laughs> but God used the same people who said it's over. <laughs> The same people that that declared His doom, God made them like puppets. Come back and declare His destiny. Daddy, we lied. Daddy, we're sorry. We did cut you down. We had our own agenda, but Daddy, Joseph is still alive. Look, here comes the wagons full of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Here comes the wagons full of dreams. Here comes the wagons full of blessings and rewards for your pain. Did, I, did you hear what I told you? Not only do you have a future, but God is going to bless the past pain that you have endured. God will honor everything that you've gone through. You will not go through what God will not bless back to you. Zechariah and Elizabeth, I feel the Holy Ghost here to tell you. Zechariah and Elizabeth were faithful in the temple between Malachi and Matthew. When you went to church between Malachi and Matthew, you never got inspiration. You never got a word from God. You never did say hallelujah. You never had a reason to give an amen. You never did say, you know, I feel better after that service. In fact, when you went to church back then, you felt worse leaving than you did going in. But guess what Zechariah and Elizabeth did? They just kept doing the right thing. Over and over. Come on, they just kept doing the right thing. That's what I love about some of these senior saints. You just keep doing the right thing over. Your faithfulness does not go in vain. If you just stay faithful, God has a way of sending the wagons. Wasn't worth it. The devil will tell you. and Other people, it was wasted times. Ah, uh, shut up, devil! I feel a revival in my spirit. The wagons are coming. The wagons are coming. Come on, somebody shout! The wagons are coming. The wagons are coming. The wagons are coming. And it ain't positive thinking. It's an inspiration of the Holy Ghost that the lie has been broken and the anointing reveals that you're here for a purpose shall be baptized in the Holy Ghost, your young men and your old men, your young ladies and your old ladies, not in two services, but in one meeting. I'm here to speak a word to some older people and to older pastors that have raised people up and then they just kind of turned their back and walked away from you. It's a trick of the enemy in these last days to do this because the enemy knows That in the last days the blessing will go the the hearts of the fathers will be for the sons. The Bible way of revival is the older gets revived and it imparts to the younger. How many know disappointment is a rust, is a is a well-oiled tool that the enemy uses in his toolbox to work on a generation to transfer blessings? And you say, I'm not gonna try again. Locks up the heart. And you say, I'm not gonna try again, I'm not gonna do this again. I'm not going to go for that again. It just locks up the heart. And when somebody gets close to you to help and to bless, you just kind of push them away and they feel like you don't like them. But it's not that you don't like them. It's that you're afraid that you'll be disappointed again. The devil wants to put that lie in the hearts of the fathers of the work of God in Aroostook County to make you withdraw and hold up within your heart the special anointing and calling that God has given to you when God wants to release that calling in your life that you can give approval and you can give blessing and you can give encouragement and you can give help to and you can open doors to the next generation and trust me, there are some good young men and women there are some good young people who've come from some pretty tough situations whose lives have been broken and the devil's trying to destroy them but I'm telling you in the name of Jesus let the wagons of heaven come crest over the hills of your discouragement and it will open up your heart and you'll say you know what maybe I didn't die because there's another Elisha out there maybe I didn't die because there's another Mary out there maybe I didn't die because there's another Isaac out there do you hear what I'm telling you maybe you're still living so just get over the hurt and begin to look for somebody else to throw the mantle on Genesis 49. And Jacob gathered his sons together. He got them together. The whole the word of the Lord to you is to stick around. Gather them around. Gather them up. He gathered, there's going to be a gathering. When one generation is revived, guess what? All of a sudden, a gathering takes place. Genesis 49, 1 through 2, and he gathered them together. I'm telling you, I rode on the detour today, and I saw a lot of small churches, and the Spirit of the Lord spoke to my heart and say, there will come a time in Aroostook County that people will have a hard time finding a good little church. There's coming a day in northern Maine that it's going to be hard to find a good little church there is coming a day in a rustic county that somebody says I want to find a good little church they're going to have to look hard because God's going to pour his spirit out on every church and it's going to be a gathering of people and it's not going to be a gathering of young or old it's going to be a gathering of every generation it's going to be a gathering of every education it's going to be a gathering of saints that have served for a long time and people who just walk out of them it's going to be a gathering and when the gathering happens Jacob will begin to impart into every family an impartation into their lives and in that gathering we're not going to have a bunch of concerts and entertainment but there'll be an experience I said there's going to be an experience in that gathering where the old and the young begin to get wrapped up into the eternal purposes and plans of God. Make plans for your church growth pastor. Make plans for a bigger building board member because I heard the wagons coming and the Bible says he's not willing that any should perish but that all should come to everlasting life there aren't enough churches, there aren't enough seats and there aren't enough pastors it's going to be hard to find a good little church. Let's lift our hands and receive a revival spirit in this place tonight. Come and let the Lord show you the way to your destiny without delay he has predestined your life before the beginning of time. So why don't you let God show you the way?